Hello, and thank you for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. The Teaching Math Teaching Podcast is sponsored by the Association of MathMax Teacher Educators. The hosts are Ava Thanheiser, Dusty Jones, and me. I am Joel Amadon, and today, actually, I'm flying solo because we have got a packed house in the uh, Zoom room today. So today, we are talking with John Staley, Coordinator of Special Projects in Baltimore County Public Schools, Brian Lawler, Associate Professor of MathMax Education at Kennesaw State University, Basil Conway, Associate Professor of MathMax Education at Columbus State University, Robert Berry, Professor of Math Education at University of Virginia and immediate past president of NCTM, because they are the four lead authors of our Teaching Math Teaching Summer Book Club Choice for July, or as they uh, laughingly call it, the month of Joel, because they had to talk to me so much. So we have been reading and discussing high school math, mathematics lessons to explore, understand, and respond to social injustice every week on Facebook Live throughout July, and are wrapping up the month with this culminating podcast episode. Welcome, John, Basil, Robert, and Brian. Thank you for joining us. How are y'all? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Fantastic. Oh, well, truly wonderful. This is great. This is great. So, you know, we have a lot to get through, so we're going to just start chugging in, and we've got a few questions we're going to go through, but again, this is always a, a great conversation. We've had a great conversation throughout the month. So, this book, uh, I'm curious about it. What, what's the story? Can you share a little bit about the history of this book? Yeah, so probably two, three years ago, um, I just really had this, I'm Basil, people who can't hear or see me, I had a huge passion for uh, just, you know, teaching math for empowerment, like not just teaching math for mathematics sake, but um, dismantling injustices, uh, empowering teachers and students uh, to use world, to use the mathematics to change their world. And so um, it, that was really kind of the place where it started. And uh as I started, you know, I, I was thinking about all these great ideas. I was just overwhelmed trying to come up with uh, lessons and these ideas. And then I realized that I couldn't do it alone. And so this it was kind of my whole mindset of shifting and thinking, you know, what do I do with this? And so then I started realizing that I didn't have to stand alone. And so uh, that's kind of where I started reaching out and looking for other people that could help me. And it began this huge journey of this development of the book. And so uh, it kind of began with me connecting with uh, John, Robert and Brian and where we just uh, started sharing these visions, these common visions we had. And then as we were doing, we realized that, you know what, it doesn't just begin and start with us, but it begins and starts with the whole community of people who have this same passion, who's drawn to this uh, idea of teaching math or social justice. And so that, that was um, kind of the small background of where it got started from on my end. Anybody else want to add to that? Yeah, yeah, John, go ahead. So it is, is when we came together, one of the things that we, we said up front, we knew up front, was that we needed to get teachers and math educators to help contribute to be a part of this book. Um, so in, inclusive in the lessons, inclusive of their ideas being infused throughout the chapters where we could infuse them, but we knew we needed those out in the field, those out in classrooms, those educating math teachers um, to be a part of this book. So that was a big part of the upfront piece when we sat down, the four of us, to start that initial thinking around making this book a reality. Part of the history of getting started in the book, um, I'll, I'll share something that I find um, kind of, I'll just say funny looking back on it. Um, do you all remember our initial structure? So it, I know one of the first things we recognized was that we definitely wanted to organize the book 
around mathematics topics first, because in most of our work with high school math teachers, that's just how they had to organize their planning. They had to ask themselves, okay, I'm picking up this unit on coordinate geometry. Uh, what, what might I be able to do to teach the distance formula using a social justice context? So we, we explicitly decided to organize around the mathematics and we said, well, we should use the common core, um, you know, because that's common. Not too long into that, we quickly realized, well, the common core is not common. Um, so we, we had to start thinking a little differently, but there was this other piece that I find the funny part, and that is common core, correct me, Basil, you might remember the, or anyone might remember the exact term, but common core has like 52 standards across all their domains. Is it, it's like 52, if I remember right, Basil? Mm -hmm. Do you remember our initial aim was to write one lesson for every one of the standards? Yes. <laughs> so there were high aspirations of a 52 lesson book and we want, want, ended up with a 22 lesson book that was almost twice the size of what our publisher initially agreed to, to put together for us. It's like that, uh, that who's the musician that wanted to do a, uh, an album about every state and just, I think he did like Illinois and <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, good intentions <laughs> but no it's still some good things and, and i guess I, I have a question and this is uh, off our script uh john and robert as as two past presidents of organizations around you know teaching math teachers and uh, supervisors of mathematics and thinking about it as you know past presidents like this must be and looking at all the different people that were involved in this that are involved in math education this must be like what you want, right? What you want to facilitate, what you want to foster it to see these sorts of things happen. Like, I don't know, as did you like ever step back from those perspectives and look at this project and be like, this is, this is a good thing. This is a really good thing. Well, I mean, for me, I mean, this is, has always been, I mean, central to the kind of work that I hope that would happen not only in my work, but really, you know, getting the field to engage in it in very significant ways. And so issues around social justice and equity access and empowerment. Um, you know, I think we still have some ways to go in math ed, but I think what I'm thankful for is that we've created this that can be, I would probably describe it as, as a point to begin to have these discussions and that, and then and another point to create a framework or a structure where people can actually this can actually happen in classroom teaching i think sometimes what happens is that you know teachers i want to do this but i don't know how to begin or what to do and so i i'm hoping that this is the kind of the framing for some of those ideas that teachers can begin to move forward on they want to do it but not yet don't know how to take that first step and hopefully this book provides that first step and Joel, to your point, um, when I was president of NCSM, part of my conversation was about where are we in our equity walk? Where are we as an organization leading the work that helps support the teaching of learning and mathematics? Um, and so this, one of the things I also recognize from that and also from my role in Baltimore County Public Schools is that when you have equity conversations, when you have conversations that or around race, when you have conversations that bring in um, hot topics and hot issues, that you have to help people put tools and have some tools to help them with some of the conversations. And so I look at this book as being a possible tool that people can have as they go about learning the process 
of being a social justice teacher, about teaching math for social justice, infusing those topics in the classroom, creating that environment that really does it. So it's all about what tools can we help teachers and those who build and develop and support and teach and teachers so that they can do this work. Yeah, and I think, I mean, just as a, I'm not a reviewer of the book or it's not, my name's not written anywhere, but it, like as a, as a testament of someone who's like d digested it over the past month, I mean, it's, it's like the orange juice concentrate of, of like helping people out, like doing this sort of work. I mean, it is so full of information and tools in order to do this work well. And I mean, cause I, and I've said in our weekly book chats, like this is a question that I had, how do you do this? How do you, you see the work of folks that are written up in journals and things and you see like, that's the thing I want to do. How do I get there? And and this was like, this is like a blueprint. And so uh, again, it's great that it's been put together for us to digest. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for people to get it in their hands. So speaking of the weekly book chats, what are, what are some of the highlights? What are some of the things that uh, uh, bubbled up with, uh, with y'all in, in those uh, chats, either the ones you would participate in or ones you viewed or the ones that are, uh, you know, lesson authors were part of what, what, what were some of the highlights? Whoever wants to kick us off here. I'm going to jump in because the, the highlight for me that the, the clear, clear highlight for me was for the first time I got to meet six of our authors face to face. Um, Zoom, Zoom notwithstanding, but um, it was great to hear from them. And man, each and every one of them probably should have been the lead, lead authors on this book instead of us. It was just fantastic to hear sort of the deep insights and the, gosh, I mean, truthfully, extremely practical uh, work that, you know, they have, they have gone through in implementing the lessons in their classroom. So far and away, like I want to, I want to do more of this with every one of our authors somehow. So, so let me piggyback off of that since we're talking about the authors. Um, it wasn't just about a lesson or a lesson that they were, one lesson they were teaching in their classroom. It was about how they built and developed their classroom environment that had more of a social justice perspective to it, a social justice framing underneath their classroom. So it wasn't just, let me dump this topic into the classroom. It was about, that was a part of their essence, I guess I want to say, as they went about their teaching, their teaching process and what they did in their classrooms with their students. I guess for me, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say ditto to both of the comments that have been said, but um, for me, I think there's an appreciation for, you know, not only the authors, but I mean, you know, these three gentlemen in terms of their depth of knowledge and, and you know, the nuance that comes and how things kind of complement each other in, in, a, in a way that, um, is building, you know. I mean, I think there, there's, 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 there's always this kind of feeling of building together and building and moving forward. So, I, I appreciate uh, that kind of interactions um, um, in terms of moving forward. Yeah, my uh, favorite part was definitely getting a chance to listen to the authors of these lessons and the where they came from the stories of those people uh, that they didn't just originate uh, out of some abstract space or whatever, but they were actually involved with these and, you know, listening to John talk about his prior work and with the uh, students at risk students and prisons or, or what do you call it? Whenever students are in juvenile 
centers facilities. And so, um, you know, and just being able to see that and understand that these are there's stories behind these lessons and there's stories behind these people's uh, interactions with with the lessons. And so, that was my favorite part is just realizing that it wasn't abstract. These are real things that are really happening and real people that have these real stories. Like in all this is real stuff. <laughs> and that's kind of the power behind, I think this teaching math for social justice is that there's, um, we're using mathematics for real. Like we're really doing math. This is real math. <laughs> and so I, I guess that was kind of the part that I love so much is that I got the, got the real feel of it. You know, remember we were talking to Allison uh, Lamb and she was, uh, we were, she was talking, we were talking about the visual. So I felt so bad about taking her lesson and applying it to Alabama. <laughs> but really that's what we got to think about doing, right? Is to be able to take these lessons and think about in our own context, not just, you know, pulling them out and using them exactly how they are, but you know, how do we take these lessons and move them back to our own context, or our own situations. And so that was kind of the huge value that I saw is that their experiences overlap so much with mine. And that, um, and that was what I just loved. It's just being able to chance to see and listen. Uh, I remember, um, uh, Savine talked about his uh, men's group. And so when he said that, I was thinking about my men's group and those situations that I have to uh, balance and talk through. And so like, it was a chance for me to intersect my life with his and see that, wow, these things are so close. Like we have these, I'm, I'm having these same conversations that he probably, he's probably having somewhere else in the different part of the country. And so uh, anyway, that, that was my favorite part is the, collab the collaborative environment that we've had there. Yeah, I think that, and that was, I, the highlight for me was talking to the lesson authors and hearing these stories of these lessons and, and knowing that, it, and like you said, you, you can't just, you know, you have these lessons in the books as available for folks that want to do this, but also knowing that there is like tentacles and roots into the places where these were written and thing like, just like Allison's perspective, like, you know, the, want the perspective of, a you know, Memphis, not that far away of where she was writing these, uh, uh, the context that she was writing her lesson from and knowing that that, that lesson was written out of a care for her students and wanted to, you know, offer another narrative about what might be happening with regards to test scores and, and things like that. And it just, and each of those, each of those lessons. And I think even, uh, Christina offered a story and in, in talking about how a student had a, um, a difficulty in, in, in looking at the statistics and, and having different narratives and like how she's saying, Hey, look at the mathematics around this and just how there is so much context and so much care for their students. And that's why they're doing this work. And it's like, you, it's, it's like a given, you need to do that. You need to have it on the background as, as, as what you have going into these, those relationships, the context of where you're doing this work. I think that just came out through and through. And also just what was fun about for me, it's just seeing the joy that you all had, like you'd done this work together and then seeing not only their joy of working with each other, but yeah, when, when people popped up on the, uh, on the Zoom or the StreamYard, whatever you're doing for Facebook, and like that you'd first had a chance to meet and they had a chance to meet you, just the joy and that this is a, a human endeavor of doing this work together. So like, I, I just, uh, I really appreciated that. Um, anything else from, from that? Any, any other highlights that bubbled up for y'all? We've, um, it's always been extremely present in our mind that we, we're writing a book to help teachers think about bringing students' interests, lives, concerns, questions about the world into the math class, um, something that we 
other people have called, but we also called Teaching Mathematics for Social Justice. Yet the, the book title and the book seems to be organized around these 22 lessons. And listening to the calls, the, the yeah, the weekly calls, um, it was very refreshing that that was clearly, uh, people understood that these lessons were sort of more that they were examples to help us all think about teaching mathematics in, in this way where we're drawing upon student interests, centering the real life contexts, um, being able to mathematize those contexts. I'm really owning Robert's word. He's put this word mathematize into my vocabulary. Um, but yeah, that, that was a nice, uh, that I, I was really happy to see how strongly that was embraced. And even what Basil was just saying, like the lessons are there for, to stimulate ideas. Really, none of us can take any one of these lessons exactly as is. We have to use it as a model to build from our, our specific content. This podcast is the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. And so we're thinking about how you might use this book to either teach math teachers methods or, or content courses. Like how, how might you use this? How might, or how might you already use uh, this work in, in doing that work of either teaching methods or teaching content courses or professional development also? So I've learned that uh, context, it matters so much. Um, you know, even when we think about our methods courses or uh, where you might be using the lessons individually, but I work in a UTeach model, which uh, some people may be familiar with. And so our methods course is integrated with uh, math science and computer science. And so we naturally actually mesh these topics and ideas around one another all the time. And so um, this is a really, uh, when I, we started the book, that was kind of one of the back thoughts is that, you know what, I really want to use this in my methods course to be able to demonstrate what it looks like to integrate mathematics with other disciplines and, you know, around science or around a social topic or whatever it is. And so um, that that's kind of how I go about using the book is, uh, and I use the lessons in the book. And my plan is, is to continue to now actually have even more, a larger set to be able to model in the classroom. So they actually see how some of this may be facilitated in their own, uh, classrooms later on or their own um, placements or wherever that's at. And so, uh, and we're able to talk about the equitable practices and all those things that are aligned in, uh, with what we have goals for the course on top of putting social justice as a lens across it. So that's kind of the, the way we're using it in the UTeach model at so, uh, State. Well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, so, you know, so I have not yet taught so uh, it's been a while since i taught the course but i've been i've given a lot of thought to this and here's my thinking around these ideas because one of the things we're working with uh whether i'm working with pre-service teachers or teachers who are thinking about how to integrate lessons or think about these lessons for their own professional development i think the first four chapters provide a nice framework for having these discussions and having the discussions around that and understanding you know, you just can't just jump in and teach the lesson. Teaching the lessons is not, you know, kind of the end game, so to speak. You gotta have all of those upfront types of conversation, those upfront types of knowledge base and knowledge building things are so important. And so for one to say, I'm just gonna grab a lesson and teach a, a social justice lesson, I'd rather you not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather you not do that. I would much rather for you to invest, make the investment in building the community and building the frameworks 
Um, and, and then once you have those frameworks in mind, the lessons then serve as a model to begin to think about, because importantly, what you might want to do is, is map, as I always use the term mathematize, mathematize some social justice issues that are close to the community in which you serve. And these lessons can provide some ideas. They're idea generating. I'm not saying don't use the lessons, but the, the lessons are idea generating types of lessons. You can use them. You, mod, you modify them for your needs. You, or, all of those things come into play. So I'm saying invest in thinking about the, you know, the, you know, the, the idea of what does social justice look like in mathematics? What are all those ideas that create critical math you know, education, the ideas around culturally relevant and culturally responsive teaching and pedagogy, the ideas around all those um, so teaching tolerance standards, those things have to be invested first. And then we kind of move into that. So I'm thinking I got to put some work in those first four chapters. Mm -hmm. Then we use the last, then we can begin to use the lessons uh, uh, to generate ideas. Yeah. Those first four chapters are just gold i mean I, for any any methods core like where you're justifying every single thing that you're doing and thinking about what you're aiming for with this course and so i mean it's just gold all right but you guys there's more answers out there i don't know john you're about to say oh, something yeah i was going to say coming from a, a district perspective a school system perspective um we've often had opportunity to collaborate with our university partners um, and one of the things i would would hope or look for is that they continue to help people. We've heard the word context come up in many times. We've heard Robert just mentioned about taking these lessons as possible um, seeds to help kick you off or when you get to that point. And so what I would want um, those who are building and developing our teachers in a pre-service or in-service perspective is to help them understand how to take um, lessons that they're given or lessons that they use and really contextualize them for the use in their classroom to make them real for their students. Um, that's one thing. The, above that, I would say that whole importance of building relationships. So people will talk about relationships and we've heard the R's going across the years, but relationship is one that stands and this relationship for how do you gain understanding about your students? How do you learn about their cultures and their backgrounds and their lived experiences? And why is that powerful so that you can help position your students in the math classroom so that you can help value their voice. And so I would, I would, you could, somebody who can do the math, you can teach them the different types of tasks to use and how to use them. So that's one thing. But that piece about how to go about building and developing relationships in the math classroom and really valuing your students' voice and hearing all students and pushing, positioning all students with a strength space assets-based perspective versus a deficit view is something I think that's the that's some of the groundwork you have to do before you even pop a social justice lesson into your classroom. And John, I would add to one thing I would add to that. So after you've gone through all of that, it don't end with the lesson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It> don't <laughs> end with the lesson. Now that you've had this experience, I think there's something there has to be some type of action yeah. that goes after experiencing the lesson. And, and that is a, um, a significant part of when you're thinking about, so if you're committed to social justice and mathematics, it's just not the lesson. It is what happens after the lesson that engages in the idea of critical consciousness. 
um, and what actions are you going to take um, um, as, a, as a result of experiencing the lesson? I continue to learn from my three colleagues, so now I know how to teach my methods class better. <laughs> However, let, let me share two things. One, one, uh, maybe, maybe both. Uh, the first one is very practical. It feels to me. I want to tell you a little bit about what I have been doing specifically in my class uh, for the past year, year and a half, my methods classes, and the other, some insight I feel like I've recently gained. Um, there's, there's. I have used early in the semester with my method students the lesson called Listen to Glisten. Um, Glisten is an acronym for the Gay Lesbian Student. Mm, mm, I forget what E and N stand for. Joel, you're editing this, right? You can fill that back in later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but it's, it's a wonderful lesson. Um, for, for several reasons, um, and I'll tell you just like some of the goals, what it does for me. First and foremost, just getting into the lesson, it asks my pre-service teachers to learn what the, um, to, to just consider the, the demographics of their local school context through the lens of some of the survey data of the, the GLSEN survey, um, the annual school climate survey that, that GLSEN puts out. Um, and sort of really contextualizes that um, a, a sizable number of students in the classrooms that you regularly are, are involved in do not feel safe in their schools for a variety of reasons. So first and foremost, I like that aspect of it. Second, um, the lesson is modeled around a guided reinvention of mathematics. Um, through the lesson, students create a matrix multiplication process. So it just, again, allows them to see that pedagogical process. But finally, and probably most important, is my students always walk away asking, can I use this sort of thing in my school? Can I use this controversial topic in my math classroom? And it opens up that discussion about why, about if you're going to do it, like what do you have to do? And again, like just echoing Robert's and John's comments, you have to build this, this classroom climate first and foremost. Um, and, you know, it, it creates that need. So I've used that lesson early for that create the need um, element of, of all those pieces. The insight I've had recently is, um, I think many of us are familiar with Aguirre, Mayfield, Ingram, and Martin's um, identity book. Um, gosh, it's seven years old now. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, that's not the full title. Joel will put it in the notes of the podcast. <laughs> But in there, they identify um, five equitable teaching practices. Thank you, John. It's called the impact of identity in K-8 mathematics. There, Joel, I saved you that word. Thank um, you. So they identify five equitable teaching practices. And Robert, I'm gonna actually rely on you real quick. I think those are also discussed in Catalyzing Change and maps to the eight math teaching practices from principles to action. It is also discussed in Catalyzing Change. Getting back to what I've been thinking about is, um, I've struggled to really fully implement ideas about culturally relevant pedagogy in my methods class. Um, that's probably in part because I don't maybe feel fully expert in it, but also in part, um, I hadn't figured out really how to connect it and making, make it meaningful to my students. But in the past like year working with these gentlemen, it's become clear to me that those five equitable teaching practices are steeped in culturally relevant pedagogy. I mean, they, they almost bring it to practice. And that's um, something I'm going to be using, drawing upon this book um, that, that our teaching for math 
for social justice model of the five, the arrow with the five components. Um, I feel like this is, a, I now know how to speak about culturally relevant pedagogy much more effectively, um, drawing upon the book as examples for those five equitable teaching practices. Hopefully, fingers crossed, ask me in December how it went. I think the one thing, I mean, that just is becoming abundantly clear with these conversations is, you know, how would you use this book? I mean, it seems like the conversations, right? The conversation, the professional conversations that can happen around it, just that we've you know, maybe modeled throughout this month, but just the, the fact that, you know, this whole thing started with, you know, Basil thinking like, you know what, I could, I want to do this, but I can't do it alone. And that's, I think that essence to take it with and seeing like, how do we do this? I need to involve my colleagues. I need to involve my students. I need to involve my administration, my, uh, my community. And it just seems like from just at, at, at a foundational level, like that's someplace at least, you know, to start with wherever you're going to be doing this sort of work is that we're starting doing it together and thinking about it. Um, and it, it just laying that foundation out. Any anything anything else for the, this? The next question is kind of redundant with the last question, but you, you already put a bunch of golden nuggets out there with that first question. But let's see. Do you have any tips for working with teachers using the book? Anything else out there that maybe we haven't said? I'm going to jump in because I get a couple that come to mind, and I can preempt if anybody else says them before I do. Nice. Um, <laughs> the first first immediate two that come to mind is. Collaborate with um, teaching partners, with teaching partners in particular. Um, have, have allies, uh, a network of support, of idea generation, all that. And the second is another collaborate question. It's collaborate with your communities and your students to learn from them. Learn from them about their knowledge about the context. Learn from them about their questions, their concerns about the context. Um, learn from them how they even like that topic to be present in the schools. But I think both those uh, connections to other people are, are key for, for success. One of the tips I would put out there is chapter one is like a, hmm, let me learn about the frameworks that help support teaching math and social justice. So I would say if you're not familiar with them, pick one to read about. We've, we've put references in there that will help people and that um, go down that path. But that's something where I would I would step back and I would spend some time over there, um, not getting paralysis of analysis and thinking that I've got to get it perfect. But in some cases, I'm not doing because I just don't know what it is I'm not doing. So you might want to pick up one of those books, join a book study, um, and and start off. You know, an easy I, I'd say an easy one to start off, which I'm hoping most people have already read or dove into, is the NCTM Principles of Action book. So maybe you start off there and you really spend some time in some of those chapters and then you go to the next one to learn about another framework to help you really understand what this work is about teaching math for social justice um, and how, you know, how what you're doing is more than just a lesson, teaching a lesson. I think about um, my own development and uh, response. And I think about these guys I've worked with here and uh, their ability to be open for us to be open to share uh, our beliefs, our thoughts, and to, to not be judgmental and to, to work and to be patient. I think that um, this is a huge part of working with teachers is um, sharing, you know, where we're still developing our own identity and where, um, and, and that we may not have everything right. 
and uh, but there may be some things that we feel really strongly about. You know, wh- whatever these things are, but being responsive to that too—that we we stand in equity, we stand in fairness, we stand uh, for people, the dignity of life, and for all people, right? And so th- this is um this is a tough work, but I think I just I really believe we should be really careful and give people time. We don't change the world in one day. Um, we don't change that. I mean, as much as I want things to change, but we've got to be provocative. We've got to challenge some spaces, right. That need to be challenged. And um, so to do that with an openness for change uh, over time, but you know, we expect it to change, but um, it just doesn't happen in one day. So I think that's some recommendation I would think is to, uh, and be the, do that way with yourself as well. I think that before we do these lessons, before you go this way, you've got to think about your own beliefs, your own thoughts, because those things are going to make you show your face. <laughs> those are going to be who you call on during the class. That These little things that are, are kind of what Robert was getting at earlier is like the foundation. Uh, you know, you've got to think through this stuff before you do a social justice lesson. You've got to think through this stuff before you talk about it in the methods course, all these ideas and be open and willing to change over time. So I would add um, a couple of things. So one thing that, that, that comes to my mind. So I know in, in some, some spaces teaching mathematical social justice is a risk, it's risk taking. And it might require that you engage in what Rochelle Gutierrez talked about creative insubordination <laughs> and, and 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 that is okay you know um in in the sense that you know you're taking these risks and i often say you know that participation is a risk-taking event um and when i say participation is a risk-taking event what i mean by that is 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 um you know if 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 you're committed to this work but you don't know what yet to do. The book is the first step. It provides some frameworks for moving forward. And, 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 and this is the kind of the thing that kind of move you forward. And then when you're ready to engage or how you choose to engage, you know, part of it might be just building the knowledge base you need first so that you can develop the kind of the risk factors that you want to, to engage deeply with your classroom and with your teammates and with, with other teachers. And that is okay. Other people may be ready for that long and say, you know what, it's time. I'm kicking the door in, we're going all in, and that is okay too. So I think we have to be respectful for places where people might be, um, as John would describe it, in their, um, in their equity walk. And, and, and people are in different spaces. So I, it, it gets me thinking from my own perspective of wanting to use this with my teachers and like that idea of how do I show care for my students? How do I love my students? I like to think about teaching math as agape or unconditional love and thinking about if I'm in that walk of thinking about how am I going to do that? And now you provided me with these frameworks and thinking about the social justice standards and thinking about doing good mathematics and, and make sure voices are heard, have an asset based perspective. Like this is all towards that aim of how can I love on my students best? And I think, um, in, in, when we're getting to know our students and who they are and using mathematics in order to help them understand their world around them a little bit better. And then they're going to see some, some injustice is going to be lifted up, bubbled up to the serving like, okay, so now what, how do we go even further with it? And to think about how to 
explore, understand, and respond to it. And I think, again, you'll, y'all came up with uh, uh, something good. And so uh, I'm just excited to, that people are getting a chance to engage with it and excited for uh, this podcast to get out there so you can hear some of y'all's perspective on it. So we appreciate it. What's that? I saw what you did. You used our title. That's right. Hey. <laughs> and you know, I've been saying it so much the, this last month, but I mean, I love if someone wants to, hey, what do you do? What do you do in this book? Well, hey, read the title. And that's that's what we're going to be doing. You know, everything's there. Everyone, ha- everything has a reason. So um, so that gets us to our final question where we have, uh, uh, hey, is there anything uh, to promote out there? besides the, the purchase of this book, which I'll say, I'll, I won't make y'all do it. You can still get at Corwin in July for, I believe, 30% off. Um, I think if you use the code, I believe, 30 for 30 at checkout, and there's still free shipping. So that's a great thing. Oh, and um, through and is it through August, Basil? Is that what we're saying? Through August, yes. All right, so keep keep going. You can get that, uh, that special for a while. So if you're looking for something for methods class is looking for something for your own teaching, whatever. This is, this is a great resource out there. Anything else to promote? Who wants to take this one? On, I'm really happy to announce that Corwin, um, our publisher, uh, one of our two publishers, NCTM is a co-publisher, has agreed um, to publish three more books one at each of the younger grade bands, six, eight, three, five, and pre-K two. There are author teams already in the works, already in motion, and there are calls out for lessons. So for everybody listening to the podcast, please reach out to teachers that you know who have been thinking about or who have been doing um, lessons grounded in context of social injustices um, in whatever grade classroom, pre-kindergarten through eighth grade. There'll be links uh, to all those different calls. Uh, we'll put those in the show notes as well. And I think this is a great way. We talk about at the, the end, of, and we'll say these words in a fit, about engaging with others and uh, around the interacting with others around this content. I mean, this is what a great, what a great excuse to get together and think about the ideas within the book, the ideas of teaching math for social justice, thinking about maybe bringing in colleagues who uh, maybe need some exposure to some of these ideas. I mean, what a great way to start those conversations. And so, I don't know, that's a, that's, that's very exciting that those books are coming out and very exciting for opportunities for folks to do what y'all did and get together and, and talk about doing this work. So, Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for a great month. Thank you for uh, spending a lot of time uh, talking with me. That's, that, uh, that's, I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. And uh, uh, I'll maybe have to pay you back for all that <laughs> interaction. But I uh, really appreciate all, you, all your time. So thank you. Thank you, folks. Thank you for having us again, Joel. So thanks again for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We hope that you are able to implement something that you just heard and take an opportunity to interact with other math teacher educators.